Welcome to the Ownership Mindset Podcast, where we talk about the roller coaster that is entrepreneurship. There are so many ways we are being told to think what's right, what's wrong, what to buy, who to follow. And more than ever, we're seeing how a set formula doesn't always work. I'm passionate about women in all industries seeing themselves as powerful, confident entrepreneurs with no ceiling, and I want it to become contagious. Each episode, you'll be hearing from a business owner or industry thought leader who will be sharing how they think as they lead. We can read all the books, take a course, go to school, but there's something about hearing other people's stories that give us strength and courage. Ownership can be a lonely place. So join me as we listen to other women's stories and find community. So today I want to introduce you to my friend, Erin. She's amazing. She works with women every day. Um, And I want you to hear from her what she does and why she does it. So go ahead and take it away, Erin. Okay. My name is Erin Jarrett. I am a doctor of physical therapy and certified Pilates instructor. I've been practicing for about 12 years. And over the years, I've worked in a multitude of settings. I graduated from physical therapy school in about, I think it was 09. And I've started working in a hospital setting first. I did orthopedics and pelvic health, but my passion and focus was pelvic health. And then over the years, I started becoming the head of the program and helping to grow and develop it. But due to kind of limitations with the structure of the hospital setting, I started to kind of think about other areas areas and avenues, more like private practice and other different approaches to physical therapy. And in the process, I also got Pilates certified just because I saw how great Pilates and physical therapy mesh together and creating new movement patterns and addressing chronic pain, you know, creating positive movement experiences. So I've worked in smaller companies. I've started pelvic health programs at private pay but also combination of insurance and private pay. And then over all that period of time, I realized wasn't what I wanted to do. And so I decided to create my dream job and how I thought that people should be treated. So that's kind of where I am now. How long have you been doing that? Like, when did you decide to make that change fully? Kind of funny. In the middle of the pandemic, I decided to (laughs) take a big leap. So many other people. Yeah. Yeah. I know you're like, life is too short and I want to be happy and I want to help people the way I want to help them. And so I guess last summer in 2020, I decided to just jump and I started just doing a little Pilates on the side while I kind of figured out, got my little ducks in a row. And, and then in October of last year, I just started to start treating um, patients again and fusing Pilates and physical therapy together the way I wanted to. So. So when you're working with a patient, just to give our audience a little more perspective, yeah, what are some of the issues that you're treating? I'm personally just to the audience, like I've seen Aaron. I actually met Aaron as a patient in 2013, I think. And I had no idea what she did or that it existed. But after the birth of my son, I was having a bunch of issues, which I'll go into later on another <laughs> episode. But how do you treat you said pelvic health. So what does yeah. that look like in practice? A great question. So pelvic health, and I use the term pelvic health versus pelvic floor just because, you know, it's uh, people that treat pelvic floor issues don't just treat the pelvic floor, which is 
you know, the muscles that make up the base of your pelvis um, and helps control bladder and bowel function, sexual function, all of those things. But pelvic health really enables like the whole body. So people that have chronic pelvic pain, endometriosis, interstitial cystitis, which is a bladder inflammatory issue, tailbone pain, postpartum and prenatal issues, urinary mm-hmm. incontinence, constipation. I mean, there's so many things that are involved. I'm probably forgetting like a lot of them as well. So pretty much when someone comes in, you're looking at the whole person, you're getting a thorough history. I really want to know every kind of injury someone's had, because that could totally affect movement patterns and how our body compensates. But a lot of times if they're having specifically just pelvic floor symptoms, which again, could be bladder issues, all that kind of stuff. We really hone in first on the pelvic floor and then kind of go outside of that. If that kind of makes a little bit sense, but I look at the whole thing, posture, range of motion, you know, strength, movement patterns, all of that to get a a nice thorough picture of what is going on with the patient. Mm -hmm. So earlier you talked about some limitations and why you wanted to go out on your own. And so Mm -hmm. did you feel like you were restricted in ways to treat people fully? Like holistically? Mm -hmm. Depending on the setting, number one insurance, I feel like it dictates a lot what you can and can't do with the patient, how many visits, you know, a lot of that kind of stuff. And a bigger aspect, a lot of facilities, because of limitations and, and then reimbursement rates with hospitals and even just other institutions, you end up having to see more and more people for them to make any money. And so it ends up putting so much more stress on the practitioner to, to fix someone in a not reasonable amount of time. You get like 15 minutes with the person. And then you're triple booked, but then also the patient. So it's like, it starts to really wear on you that you're not able to give the patient what they need, but you're also mm-hmm. not getting the support you need. So it just becomes this potential for burnout. And yeah. you know that would come over and over again for people. Yeah. So what was the biggest, when you moved into private practice, working mm-hmm. with patients that you wanted to coming out of the traditional setting, what was the biggest mindset struggle that you had to be like, oh, I can actually do whatever I want. (laughs) Like I can treat people however I want to. What was the biggest transition? I think for even where I was right before, I mean, they did private pay, they took a few insurances, completely not taking any insurance and trying to change not only other people's mindset that you know, this is worth it. I mean, you get what you pay for and people's understanding that, you know, they'll pay for a massage out of pocket. But for some reason, people think, you know, oh, my insurance is supposed to cover that. And a lot of times people either have high deductibles or, you know, they still have to pay a large chunk and not realizing the difference there. But, you know, realizing, you know, I am worth the service that I'm delivering because I've been doing this for a number of years and seen some of the most chronic and complicated conditions, but also that realizing the patient, they're worth it too. And that, you know, their wellness is worth them taking the time and the money to address it. Yeah. Can people use their HSA with you, FSA, like all of those? Yes. All of those things. things. Um, I even can give them a EOB to like turn into their insurance and they can try to get reimbursed. Mm -hmm. No, not everyone can, but you know, it's definitely, I've had some people that get 60% reimbursement. So, you know, yes, there are those options, but what, the hospital charges somebody per visit. I mean, I charge a fraction of that. So it just, you know, I'm kind of cutting out the middleman, I guess. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So 
what was when you were talking to people about changing mm-hmm. their mindset, what was the approach you felt like you had to take and what resistance did you see? I mean, I would explain it. And even if people seem to understand it sometimes in the real time, mm-hmm. then sometimes they'll come back later and I'm so sorry. I have to cancel. You know what I mean? Just for those reasons. I actually, mm-hmm. this is kind of funny that we're talking about this. I just had someone email me over the weekend mm-hmm. and I've seen them one time and I only scheduled a few, you know, just to kind of space it out and try to get them better. And they were like, I'm so sorry. I turned into my insurance and they won't reimburse it out of network. I'm going to have to cancel. I already was feeling better after one visit. And that, and that to me just baffles me where, you know, it's not, I don't know what people put value on their own wellness. And if you got mm-hmm. better after one visit, I don't, you know, even just coming a few more, it's just interesting how people put value also on themselves. So I'm struggling with that as myself, you know, our self-worth and all that kind of stuff. But then when you're also seeing other people doing the same thing, it's, mm-hmm. you know, it's frustrating because at some, at some point I can't really do something about that. I can't change their belief system. Yeah. About the, you know? the way they value themselves. I think that's, a, it's so interesting because for what you cost for a visit, if someone's in pain, they pay more than that to go out to a really nice dinner or they're mm-hmm. vacationing, or they're buying a pair of jeans, or whatever, but they're putting such a low value on themselves and their health. Yeah, it's the same as a massage. Yeah. I think it's also yeah. people, also massages passive, and yes, I do some passive treatments and manual work, but it's also, you have to put the work in. Like We're a, mm-hmm. like teammates, and we have to work together to figure out the problem. And so, you know, there might be some other things that are preventing that person from getting there or wanting to get there, or, you know, there might be some underlying other things going on that might be affecting it. So one of the interesting questions that I want to know about for you is you went from being under the umbrella of other people to being a provider and Mm -hmm. a business owner. So you're the owner, you're the manager, you're doing operations, and then you have to be the provider as well. And so there's nothing in between you and your clients. Mm -hmm. So how did that go in the beginning? And then (laughs) what are some things that, you've done to make that easier on yourself. Yes. And it's a definitely a big um, transition because even I, whenever I've been over the years, I've always, and I think we've talked about this a lot. I've always had complete control over my schedule. And, you know, I've, you know, even I've, I had front desk staff. I always, a lot of times I'd be working in a few different clinics. So I always know if I could move people around. So I always had that, mm-hmm. but you always in the back of your mind had, well, this is a policy of where I'm working. So, and now it's like, I get to decide that. So I think it's trying to create standardized, um, like not automated responses, but these are the policies. These are my boundaries and trying to really stick to them um, and making the patient accountable, but also myself accountable for, you know, what you let go or let slide and, and trying to just be a little bit more consistent. Mm-hmm. And when you don't have those policies and that big support from mm-hmm. a major hospital or a major, major healthcare company, which, you know, if I, if you walk into a hospital, it's definitely more like ominous and you know, they're <laughs> like, they're going to call collections on you or the, yeah. or their policies are going to be enforced and you don't have a choice mm-hmm. is where when you're working with a sole provider, mm-hmm. you're kind of like, I've noticed for a lot of people, a lot of my clients, especially like that they get some pushback and it can be really like interesting mm-hmm. and there are people will be like, well, like you get it. Like it becomes this like kind of 
weird dance sometimes you have to play with clients. And so I know, like, side note, like I've worked with Erin a little bit on her business. And so would you share maybe some things that were kind of difficult to put into place or some <laughs> things that you struggled with? Because I know that, I mean, it's, other people see themselves in your story. And so oh, yeah, with some of the struggles that you've had mm-hmm. in implementing your own operations and structure, how did you have to change your mind to really put those things into place and not feel any sort of like em- emotional burden or burnout as you were talking about? Yeah, well, two things that I really kind of realized, one of them was over the years, you know, I would hit these phases of burnout quite regularly because I am like workhorse and I love helping people and I probably get, you know, a little bit of validation when you're helping people. But you made me realize, you know, when you're, when you have your own business, you're the only one to be at fault for burnout when you're working so many hours. So it's yeah, like you no have one's, a choice. No one's cracking the whip anymore but you. Yeah. So that was a huge, huge thing trying to figure out my, my schedule and all that kind of stuff. But the other thing I really struggle with is, you know, when you're building, you know, and, you know, again, you become, you know, friends with your patients, you know, you obviously care about them and you spend time with them. And, you know, when I have more time, I was a little bit more lenient and flexible about things. But as you get busy and start having a wait list, you cannot be as, you know, you don't have as much wiggle room. So you're having to enforce the policies that you've had in place all along, but you're having to kind of stick to it. And it wasn't even that much, but when you see it happen a few times, it it just feels like it's magnified almost Mm because that's what you're Mm -hmm. focusing on. But I did have some pushback when I had to enforce some of the, you know, even just saying like, hey, this is my policy, you know, I give a freebie, you know, but next time, you know, just kind of in just reminding people like this is going to happen, you will be charged if it's less than 24 hours. And I did get some pushback from several people and some people may, you know, might not choose to come back. And, you know, mm-hmm. again, if it was anywhere else, I feel like that's, it's not a ridiculous policy at all. You know, mm-hmm. if, if someone cancels or doesn't show, I'm a one person show here and, you know, you only have so many spots that I can offer people. So at some point you have to stick with it and realize, you know, I am worth it. My service is worth it. And your time is valuable. So mm-hmm. I um, think that one felt of the really things- uncomfortable. <laughs> yeah, it's super uncomfortable. And so I know, I mean, we talked through some of those moments, but what do you notice now as you changed your mind, you changed your thoughts? Like if you have to have that conversation again, does it feel the same when you have to be like, hey, you didn't show up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Everyone's pain is important. Here's what we need to do. Yeah. What does that feel like I'm- now? It's getting easier. I think sometimes it's easier than others. And I'm not quite sure if it's maybe like where your head's at the time or, Mm -hmm. you know, how that person responds. Does it feel kind of icky or, you know, sticky kind of situation, but I'm getting more confident being like, it's not like I'm being cold and I have no feelings, but you know, you're just trying to keep things simple. And I think that's when we talked about some of the automated responses. So I'm not having to spend five minutes every time someone texts me or emails me with responses, I can just be like, oh, this is the problem. Here's the answer kind of thing. And I Mm -hmm. think that was a little bit harder with the transition of people seeing more of not like a soft response as much, you Mm -hmm. know, Mm -hmm. but more an automated. So maybe that also set them off a little bit. I don't know. I feel like 
figuring out some of that stuff too. I mean, we are in the little pandemic. I think people, everyone's a little bit more sensitive right yeah. now. Anyways. They are. Um, yeah. But yeah. I mean, that has helped. I mean, it's definitely, that was an area that's been a little bit harder for me. And I think, cause I do struggle with boundaries a little bit. Mm-hmm. So I am excited though, that I'm actually like practicing some of this stuff. Yeah. Well, one of the things I've noticed, not just with you, but with other people, when you're dealing with people that are in pain or need mm-hmm. a solution, I it's more of a struggle because you. I've noticed all these people where you're like, I know I can get them out of pain. So saying no to someone or being like, I can't get you in or I can't work you in. I'm really sorry to prevent yourself from burning out. And, you know, like it's, I get it. I get the struggle. But at the same time, I've seen so many people that that's the source of their burnout is like everyone being like, my pain's important. My pain's important. Please help me. And you have to be like, the it's bender. important. It's important, but yeah, everyone's in pain that I work with. And yeah. so it's a delicate dance because you do have to, mm. I mean, and I know, especially with pandemic right now, like you're not directly dealing with that, but so many people in the healthcare industry are like, we've got a lot going on. Like there's, mm. there's a lot happening and we're tired and there's a lot of burnout, a lot of burnout happening. Um, oh, yeah. Is that something common, would you say, like amongst your coworkers and things like that? Like, have you seen people just be like, I can't fix this, I'm done, rather than trying to figure out how to make it work for them? Oh, you mean like leave physical therapy? Oh, 100%. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, I can't even, especially the last few years with the changes in the healthcare system in general, I think there's lots of changes, and especially in Nashville. I mean, especially as a pelvic health practitioner, like I know most delays in town and people have left and taken breaks right now because I mentioned this, you know, results took over St. Thomas and all that kind of stuff. So people just kind of were like, it's sad. There's not the best place as physical therapists to work nowadays, especially Mm -hmm. if you're a little bit more seasoned, which is hard when all we want to do is help people and, you know, make them feel better. And we're being kind of used a little bit and I feel like almost not exploited but we're not appreciated and so it's Mm -hmm. like when you're being overworked and underpaid and unappreciated people are just like why am I even doing this and Mm -hmm. so that's kind of one of the reasons too it's like I love helping people and I have a lot of experience and I'm like I kind of was like I'm gonna give this a go on my own just to see you know what I mean and if it doesn't work out then I might just do something else, you know? I mean, obviously yeah. I love Pilates and stuff too, but it's sad. I think in some ways it's going to hopefully force a change at some point. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's the thing that I love about what's happening, even though patients sometimes are in the middle, right? Like you're stuck with your insurance and kind of in the mm-hmm. middle, but we're seeing in a lot of industries right now, especially in healthcare, that people are changing the game and they're mm-hmm. changing the way they think about it and they're refusing to move with the way it's going And eventually Mm -hmm. it's going to force the hand of all of healthcare in some Mm -hmm. way. Like it has to change and everybody knows it. I think they're just waiting to see like when it's going to happen. And so I want to circle back to a little bit about you starting, um, starting your business. And so I want to talk about money because Mm -hmm. you weren't the one doing billing. You weren't the one having to follow up with people there. And I know when people are providers, I think you're dealing with the issue you need to deal with and someone else is doing that for you. Mm-hmm. And it's, I think it's easier because you're like, I'm not sometimes like the bad guy when it comes to money or mm-hmm. not in control of your charging kind of thing. And so you had to set a value for yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, we looked at a little bit of your competition. We talked about like 
per hour, what that looks like. So what worked well for you in choosing the way you charge to prevent burnout and make it worth your time? Yeah, I think um, one of the biggest struggles and one of the things I really appreciated working with you is like, Sometimes I feel like I kind of knew what I needed to do, but like I couldn't get it from here to here, you know, like Mm -hmm. from A to D, I was like, can't, you didn't mean you kind of clear it out and, you know, make it work. And one of the things I struggled is when you're trying to create a new concept and, you know, I love PT and I love Pilates. I'm trying to fuse the both, but like, you know, they're similar, but different. I was kind of doing them separate, but what Mm -hmm. happens is I'm never taking off my PT brain. So I'm seeing people for Pilates, but I'm really doing PT. If you go to PT and let's say your issue was mainly like, oh, you need exercise. It's not like you have to pay less than someone that gets manual work done, right? So Mm -hmm. I think for when we talked about kind of making everything like the same was very helpful and cleaned it out. And, you know, it's kind of like I assess you, figure out what you need, and then I give it to you, but it doesn't, it all kind of is the same under the same umbrella almost, mm-hmm. if that makes mm-hmm. sense. So that was hu- hugely helpful because I wasn't having to figure out Pilates and PT and all this stuff because everyone's the same really in my eyes. Yeah. And, then and you're going to use whatever you need to serve yeah. the person, right? 100%. Yes. Yeah. And I'm not dictated by insurance or whatever. I can be like, oh, if you need this or overdoing Pilates and I want to put some tape on you, I can do that. Or you might need some dry needling or whatever. I don't have to be like, well, I have to do, you know what I mean? It's like, I can do whatever I want. Mm -hmm. So that was hugely helpful. And I think also figuring out the amount of people I can see in a day that I feel like I'm helping people, but I'm not burning out was huge. And kind of reassessing that too, as I've gone forward and like sticking to it, which is really hard for me when someone's like, oh, my work schedule, I only can make this time. And I'm like, I can't work till seven o'clock every night. Like, you know what I mean? And that's very hard for me. (laughs) Yeah. And there's, I think there's an interesting thing that, I mean, we've talked through you running into, but being like, people make stuff work for them if they need to make it work. Right. Mm -hmm. And so, and I know this from owning a business where people do self-care, like, you know how many people like come in on their lunch (laughs) to like make stuff happen. And so, Mm -hmm. I think that when you put those things into place, do you feel, when did the burnout lessen? Like, when did you notice the, like, this calm down, you feel a little more structured. I know it's been like a work in progress, but. Yeah, I know. And I feel like I go in waves a little bit. I think when I just decide like, this is my schedule and it's not changing. You know what I mean? Like I literally sat down and be like, what is like working backwards? Like what's my dream schedule? And then start there and move backwards. And then, Mm -hmm. you know, like we were talking about if there was like a week or two, you know, where maybe it's a little bit slower, like being okay with that and enjoy it and not, you know, scramble. Because part of this is mindset that has been ingrained over the years, like at a hospital for a while, you know, if you weren't busy, sometimes they would send you home. And that never really happened to me, but it's like that fear of, and it's not that it's, I think it's more of just, being successful in that definition of it. And, you know, if you work harder and you see more people, then you're better or this, you know, and it's not Mm -hmm. necessarily about that. It's like, I know I'm good what I do and I can help people, but it's about like creating that balance. And just because I feel good and rested doesn't mean I'm being selfish or, you know, you're able to give more to other people. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, I think that's the mind shift I've seen for you the most is like, 
busy and burnt out versus being a rested provider that's going to be able mm-hmm. to give your full your full to every person you see has totally changed for you because you mm-hmm. like there's a point I think where we I mean we've talked about this but like you start people keep coming and coming and coming and your schedule's open but you resent it and then you're like exhausted at the end of the day and resenting what you do which I mean mm-hmm. we've talked about makes people just want to leave leave their industry mm-hmm. you've gotten to see the difference between burned out and busy mm-hmm. versus not being as burned out, not being as burned out on the way of recovering burnout at it, right? <laughs> In recovery, yeah. seeing your emotions towards your clients kind of chill out because you're not resenting working in those long hours, right? Mm-hmm. And you're giving better care. Yeah. And then also twofold. So you're seeing that change. And then you probably have seen the bottom line of your financials change as well. Because we're not mm-hmm. making good financial decisions when we're burned out all the time and exhausted. Mm-hmm. So how have you seen the way you view success change in your finances and in the way you are busy? Yes. I definitely think that you can work smarter, not harder, right? And like really make things more efficient to where like you were saying, you know, just because you're busy doesn't equal success or any of those things. So I think developing a consistent schedule, sticking to it. But then I think the changes we did to how I'm charging things and making it a little bit more streamlined has really helped as well. And then also again, recognizing and sticking to like my time is valuable. And, you know, if someone doesn't show or cancels super last minute, that it's, I mean, they can be charged because that's, Mm -hmm. you know, your time. So I feel like all of those things have helped a ton and it's made me be more consistent. And one of the more recent things since I moved to all the online scheduling and stuff, one of the scariest things for me is like letting go of the control because I've never done that with my schedule. Mm -hmm. And so that was like super uncomfortable. I had to do that a little bit in stages, like knock on wood, it's going, I think, well so far. The most exciting thing, this is kind of a tangent, but the other day I had someone that scheduled online that I did not, you know, even know or talk to and they came in and I was like, oh my gosh, you're like the perfect patient. And so I got really, really excited about like helping them and how easy that flow was and that the person understood like why they were there and the value of it. I didn't have to spend 20 minutes of me wanting to help them having to like explain or justify what I do, which sometimes for me gets exhausting when I constantly have to almost convince someone. Mm -hmm. And I feel like if that's where they already are, like if you don't think you're going to get better, you're not. So I like the fact that a lot of the stuff we've done with kind of my website and onboarding of patients is making sure they understand like where they are, why they're there and kind of answer all the questions at the front end. So we can have more time to really fix on the problem when they come in to see me. Mm -hmm. So that's been really helpful. But my financials and stuff have done, you know, consistently a lot better, which is not even why I did this. I mean, I just wanted to be able to make a living and love what I do. But I feel like it's been consistently improved and it's been consistent since I've worked with you. Yeah, I think that's just like, I think the money part is like the cherry on top of the work that you do. Like it just Uh happens. But the thing that I've loved to see for you is, you know, when we started talking, I was like, what makes you feel burnt out? And what are the things that you're saying over and over and over again? And we talked a lot about your onboarding process, which you just elaborated on. But 
it was that you were repeating yourself all the time and that's going to cause anyone to burn out. And so if we can (laughs) tell people why you're qualified, who you are and who should be working with you, you don't even have to tell them when they get there. Mm -hmm. I think there's a lot of, there's so much wasted time, but if that's how you're trained to do it, Mm-hmm. breaking that habit and being like people are smart actually yeah <laughs> like, and like you want to help them I don't want to waste their time either like I feel like which is terrible to think that way but I'm like me having to explain all this stuff is like time that I could be actually helping you and a lot of you know therapy places they're like oh you gotta explain this and do this and like blah blah and I'm like uh like to me that's like the part like is fixing them not having to do that part and so I loved when we started working and you're like what part of your job do you hate and do you want to like rip your hair out? And I was like, oh my gosh. And you're like, let's fix that part. And so that's been super helpful. Good. Anyways. Yeah. yeah. No, I think that's where, I mean, just pinpointing what burnout meant to you. Cause for Mm -hmm. some people, they love the teaching aspect. Right. And they're like, I actually Mm want to build in 15 minutes to every appointment where I'm just teaching or I'm just qualifying them or I'm just, you know, all of that stuff. And for you, it was like, I don't see the benefit of that. And so we're going to, mm-hmm. we rebuilt the way you did it. Yeah. So it's been really, I mean, I've loved working with you. I think it's been very fun, but the thing I wanted people to see about your story and why I wanted mm-hmm. you on here was to see like, it wasn't perfect from the get go, right? You left something that was super structured and you've been building it along the way. And it's not always easy, but when you've gotten into changing your mind, mm-hmm. like, would you say that most of this, was just a mental shift and yeah, making action. I think, yeah. And I think one of the, I'm getting like chills, but this is one of the things I was actually telling my husband about um, the other day. I think one of the coolest things about working with you and, and A, I wasn't even sure. I'm like, I don't know, is this going to be helpful, whatever. And then I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm so glad I did it. But is that, you know, for me, it was almost like therapy, but not how like you get to the root of like, what are some of the issues or you talk about like the lies we tell ourselves or like, what are the truths of these situations? But you, you're doing it from like a business standpoint. So I think some people maybe don't feel as vulnerable, maybe I guess, cause it's not like their personal life, although we all know it's intertwined. But the thing that I thought was so cool is like, you figure out some of the problems and then you actually like apply them, you know, mm-hmm. and then reassess. And yes, we talk about being uncomfortable with it and just what does that mean or feel to you? But like, I feel like it's in reverse. It almost then bleeds into your personal life. But I feel like personally, in a lot of ways, it was more helpful than even therapy because I felt like you're not just talking about stuff. You're actually like doing it, putting it into practice. Mm-hmm. And so then you started to see like, you know, when you're doing some of these things with like boundary stuff, you're actually like, oh, this feels so uncomfortable, but like you're doing it and then you kind of get better at it. So I don't know, in a weird way, I really felt like it was very helpful to actually, you know, put it into practice. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's not going to feel good, especially if you've been doing something forever one way, like, and then you have to change it. It doesn't feel good, even if it's the right choice for you. Like, even if it's the right, like, you're like, I have to do this or I'm going to need to stop. Like, you have to do it. So, Erin, I'm going to just shamelessly plug you. So, I have been a patient of Erin. As some of you know, some of you don't know, I had a hysterectomy at a young age. I needed a lot of help with my, just strengthening my pelvic floor and my body. And Erin's helped me get out of a lot of pain. And so, if you're in the Nashville area, where can people find you, Erin? I am currently working in 12 South out of Marathon Pilates. 
You can also go to my website, which is rootphysicaltherapy.com and you Mm -hmm. can, you know, read all about it. You can schedule appointments, but yeah, I love working with people and making people get out of pain and reaching their goals. So awesome. Thank you so much for sharing your story and being on today. Yeah. I love Erin's perspective on her work and her process. My favorite part of working with her was watching her give up control over her schedule by refining her process and helping the patients that need her expertise easily find her and book with her. If you're struggling with being overworked, overwhelmed, hating operations, and financially upside down, I'd love to talk with you. You can head to lauren-gish.com and take a look at my training. It goes through the five-step game plan I share with my clients and how to get out of the cycle of your business running your life and experience true freedom in your ownership. There's also a link for us to connect and talk about your business. We can chat about what's working, what's not working, and what you want to dream about moving forward. Thanks for joining me on this episode. Would you do me a favor? Would you subscribe and rate the podcast? It helps get the information here in front of more eyes and ears. And I love a good community. I'll see you next time here on the Ownership Mindset.